I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, if you're here for the first time, welcome. If you've tuned in before, it's great to have you back. If you can do us a little favor and just rate, share, review the podcast when you're done, don't tell Igor, but I'll send him your way for a free hug. Okay, let's go on with the show. Welcome back to another idea, the podcast for creatives and entrepreneurs and creatives. <laughs> we start uh, and, and whoever yeah. wants to listen, yeah, whoever's whoever's tuning in, it's really geared towards anybody that's in a creative industry. Whether you're self-employed, or you've got a team of people, whether you're a photographer, you're a musician, you're an artist, whatever it might Designer. be. Yeah, yeah. Um, we really wanted to put something together that was going to open up a conversation around the creative industries. Um, and just to open up the conversations that me and Igor have yeah. um, you know, every every week or so. Yeah. And here we are. We're on episode, this is four, this is episode four, and we're going to talk about money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll be, a, it's a topic that we, that you don't really hear much on, on creative industries, really. No, not really. Yeah. It's, it's a bit of a, tab- I think it's just a, a a taboo in general yeah not even just the creative industry i think it's a bit of a it's still a difficult subject for a lot of people yeah yeah so um before we start we're not going to fall out over this one are we no no definitely not we're definitely not going to have an argument over finances <laughs> no dear <laughs> why am i the one who's constantly paying um no definitely not although i actually did just buy lunch <laughs> yeah. it's true it's true can we tell, I did, people, I did can we tell people that you I had a beer offer. with your pizza at lunchtime <laughs> yeah i 12 did o'clock, 12 o'clock beer. i did offer it. <laughs> oh yeah i um, do love my beer but um for anyone that's watching um please like subscribe comment um we love to hear from you so yeah just to preface that yeah just 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 share it like we're yeah. not we we're, we're starting this podcast from scratch aren't we really mm-hmm. you know we haven't we've actively avoided seeking any kind of sponsorship just yet we yeah. want to we want to see how it goes we want to get it right we want to sort of 
hopefully get people to recognize that this has potential and that we're going to hopefully bring a lot of value and some yeah. knowledge to people's you know lives and that eventually that will happen but to get us up and running we would love it if you could just share it on instagram or something or yeah. put it in your stories or yeah. tag us let us know what you think like yeah what was good what was not so good yeah um you know we don't want to hear bad things but like no. you know just yeah room for improvement yeah give us the nice reviews as well yeah. on well, iTunes, spotify everywhere yeah just give us a hand right yeah that's it and hopefully in the long run we'll repay that with more content yeah um you know what else i mean i was just more goodness to come from us more goodness good vibes (laughs) okay should we get on with the episode yeah let's dive in okay what do you want to talk about money (laughs) how Uh, much money have you got (laughs) Igor? enough (laughs) (laughs) enough they live comfortably but i think i think that it's yeah this conversation about money it's it's one that's so important but it's so not had often enough that makes sense yeah and especially um, like you said earlier it's not it, especially in our industry in the mm, creative industry yeah. it's kind of one of those things you worry about yeah at the end yeah isn't it like you you know can i pay my tax bill yeah like, yeah it's due next week mm-hmm. you know i know a lot of people that don't even save up for their tax bill yeah just spend their money yeah it comes in it goes out yeah um Ooh. i i just Ooh. for the record i don't do that <laughs> but there are some people that you know fly by the seat of their pants Ooh, well, don't well. they in life yeah, I don't know if I could do that, but um, I guess to start, really, I, um, tell me a little bit, uh, and I'll do the same, tell me a little bit of how you've grown with your relationship with money. You can start from being a kid, even how your parents would chat about money, or if they did, or if they didn't. Yeah, yeah, um, okay. How you just literally grown up um, with your relationship with money. <sighs> Do you know what? When I look back on it, I don't think it. I, I can't ever recall having those conversations mm. around, you know, what you should do with money. Yeah. You know how you, yeah, how you get money. Um, you know how you should, um, you know, plan for plan for things in the future. You should, yeah. you know, be able to say, yeah. There are some lessons like we never we never had those discussions. Mm-hmm. We were as a family. Yeah, we were never rich. We were also never poor. Like we, you know, we always, you know, I mean, my parents might tell us differently. They might say that they struggled and I, d- I don't know, but we never had that conversation. But yeah, yeah, we never, we were never, we always had nice holidays. We never, we were never short of anything. Yeah. But we weren't either, you know, we weren't indulged either. Um, for me, the, the, like one of the first lessons that I can think of that around money was, you know, when I got my first job at McDonald's at the age of 16, you know, I mean, you used to have a paper round before that, um, and that was always good. And you know, in terms of you know, just having a bit of pocket money. But yeah. my, my job at McDonald's was the first real job I had where I had a salary or yeah. I had income. And one of the big lessons I can always remember saying to my mum, like, I really wanted this, like, you know, stereo system. Like, when I was sixteen. <laughs> she went, "Well, you have to earn. You have to save up for it." That's it. And that was it. Once I'd realised that I had to save for it, I saved yeah. and I bought it. But for me, only over the last three or four years have I started to realize that there's actually a lot more out there than just saving up for a stereo. Yeah. And obviously there are, you know, I've done things since then that have been, you know, we've moved house, I've bought a house and we've, you know, had a family. You know, so I'm able to plan for those things. But I think what I'm getting to is the point of there's a, a huge, there's a, a much bigger pot out there to tap mm, into. Mm, and I'm sure mm. we're going to get onto this in a little yes. bit. Maybe this is, maybe I'm not, I've no, kind of, no, no, kind of gone off from your question a little no, bit. No, it's, it's good. It's good. Uh, I, I like this. And, and I think as well, we should um, 
keep this conversation weaving in and out. So yeah, yeah I mean, I felt like I went into five different points, then <laughs> and that, but I suppose just to go just to go back to your question, yeah, as as a child growing up, we didn't really have that open conversation around the dinner table about yeah. money and finances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think is I don't think it's a bad thing on my parents. I think it was just a yeah. I think that's a generational thing as well that mm. you know. Maybe it's a, I don't know, maybe I'm trying to think, do I have that conversation with my children? Yeah. Probably not, maybe I should. Um, but there are things we're doing with Betsy now, who's almost 10, that we're trying to kind of give her a bit of responsibility. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think in in summary, we never really had that conversation. Yeah. Well, how about you? Um, I wouldn't say that we've had, that we did have the conversation kind of, even literally everything you said was quite similar you're going to tell me you were trading stocks and shares by the time you were 11 how did you know how did you know you're reading the ft around the around the breakfast table yeah that's it (laughs) i had my two laptops (laughs) multi-screen setup (laughs) bye 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 (laughs) no um it's it's quite similar reading um but at the same time i think i learned a lot just by watching my parents Mm. um my dad he's had like what two businesses um where he one opened a bookshop um that didn't work and again kept on saving um and invested onto a then a restaurant and i worked a lot in that restaurant and was able to see quite a lot um just on how his attitude towards it was uh, towards money was and and just I guess this is the the main point really that having a work ethic that it's second to none really especially with my mum as well she mm. she was really really good at that and and from that I learned that if yeah if you want something you just literally have to you have to earn for it really um so so yeah um I think yeah I think that answers the question really but at the same time yeah, answers the question yeah. in some ways. Yeah, I, I feel like we almost could do with this is a sub, this is a subject that's so um, so complex that we could almost do with an expert here to be yeah. able to sound it out yeah. because there are so many so many sort of different ways you can take it. But yeah, one thing I would or I've picked up on through reading a few books and, and seeing a few people is that you know there's so much so much of our approach to money is set in those early years and that's kind of why mm. i think you you've started with that question with that question yeah that mindset towards money yeah and the impact that you know the way our parents dealt with money or those conversations yeah. that we had or didn't have mm-hmm. you know can impact you massively year, yeah you, you know years later and i think i think as well um now as an adult and and seeing my girls grow up. I think it's something that I would like to have. Yeah. It's a conversation that I would like to have and them have that knowledge that um, these are the ways that you can earn money or or just be open about it to the point that they feel that they can have a good relationship with money rather than yeah. actually not being afraid of, oh, we don't talk about money. Or I think that's that's where issues where with with families or whoever else arise really when they sort of like treat money as that sort of thing that we don't talk about yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. especially when um things are not going well um because if you talk about it when things are going good and when when things are not yeah i think so yeah it becomes an issue when things are not going well but if you instill instill 
the idea that yes we do talk about it and especially when things are good yeah and um, those harder conversations when things are not going well are so much easier really mm. and yeah um, they say that one of the highest reasons for divorce is money really yeah um, it's, so it's a it is a it's a you know i can think back to conversation i've with Gemma. it's a yeah it's, a, it's still a sore point sometimes yeah, yeah. it's a very and you know, we're not taught i don't think at schools to be able to handle those conversations yeah. either you know um i can still you know i, I look I, I can i always remember back to um i did business studies in my a-levels and the only time i ever kind of had any kind of you know dipping my toe into the world of finance yeah. was my business studies to tutor on a you know whatever date it was like a thursday would bring the ft in and he would say right we're gonna we're gonna pretend buy stocks and shares <laughs> now if i'd have actually done what he was making us do and actually went yeah. out and bought stocks and shares at the same time yeah because i was buying stocks and shares in vodafone and <laughs> um carphone warehouse and all of those places just as it was just as mobile phone you know, I wouldn't be sat here now with you, mate. I'd be on a beach. I'd be <laughs> on a beach. I'd be on a beach in Barbados. You know, um, but that for me was the only. That is it in terms of the entire my entire education. Yeah. You know, education experience. That was the only time we ever talked about yeah. anything to do with finance, and I think it's a bit of a, a shame, really. That it really I, is. I wonder if it's addressed now. I don't. I don't know. But no, I, I, th- I think that it still isn't really. If if. I, I hear it so many times that sort of like workshops or even at um, some videos or you, you, YouTube videos and you read the comments and um, I'm really into sort of like financial or personal finance videos and, and people mm. that, that talk about it. And um, sometimes with the comments you literally, do you read, you just hear, um, why wasn't I taught this at school? Yeah. Um, it's simple stuff that sometimes it's it's not even taught in our educational system but yeah hopefully we'll we'll be able to touch on some of those points really hopefully yeah what kind of conversations will you have with your your daughters that you reckon that going forward how do you how do you see those unfolding that's really good um I think that I'm looking at you, thinking that he's going to tell me what to do with my children now. Let me just go and get my let me go and get my notepad. I think. Especially, especially being an entrepreneur at heart, um, I think that no matter what they do, I think I would try to instill that idea that you can earn money doing pretty much anything. Mm. Like, find a thing that you love, find a thing that you like, and find an avenue of monetizing that, yeah. and and just creating opportunities really. Yeah. Because it's going to be the best at it that you can be. In, yeah, um, because I find it as well. Because yeah, I find it that. Um, by having to become an entrepreneur within my business and everything else it's it's a life skill it really really is a life skill and that you can use that and relate that to literally anything if that makes sense um so so yeah um no matter what they do um try to find that thing that you really love and and really (laughs) just monetize it yeah (laughs) um even if it's like i don't know um i don't know it's better into youtube I mean, she would be an influencer tomorrow. She could be, she could be a YouTuber. I, I would find, be, find me a child under the age of 10 that doesn't want to be a YouTuber. I would be the dad that would definitely encourage that. Um, obviously, with its parameters and everything else, yeah. of course. But um, yeah, you go, girl. You, yeah. <laughs> you go and think, sell your sludge or whatever. I think for me, I, I kind of think, I think back to, like, I, I find myself often going, God, if I was 
18 again, what would, mm. I, what would I do differently? Um, I don't know if that's a good or a bad place to be in because obviously yeah. that's not going to happen and yeah. maybe I should listen to my advice and just implement it now anyway. But I think just the whole the whole idea around making sure that you can just put some aside every month. Mm-hmm. I wish if I was doing my, if yeah. I was reliving my early 20s, mm. mid-20s again, would just to be go, right, okay, 10% every month. Yeah. Just put it away. Yeah. And put it in a, a decent stocks and shares ISA. Yeah. And just leave it. Yeah. You know, this Don't whole, touch like, it, kind just of, leave it kind of compounding interest over yeah. 25, 30 years, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously, well, I mean, I don't know if we're going to talk about pensions today, but as self-employed creatives, I don't really have much of a pension pot. Yeah. Um, I certainly don't have the, you know, the pension contributions that you would get if you work yeah. for a, you know, a large corporation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does worry me a little bit what will happen in, you know, what, where we're going to be in yeah. sort of 20, 30 years time. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll see, won't we? But yeah. I think if, yeah, going back, I would like, I would like to have been told a bit younger, like just to go, right, do you know what? Okay, you've earned that, that's great. Let's just put 10% away. Yeah. Just put it away somewhere. Yeah. Don't ever touch it. Yeah. Yeah, let's just put it in a decent ISA and, and watch it grow over time. I yeah. wish I'd have done that. That was my, that's kind of my big yeah. sort of takeaway from the last 20 years, I think. Yeah, no, that's really good. And you hear so many times in, in terms of the financial world, um, people saying they, they, even go furthermore extreme, um, 50%, literally. Whack it at 50%, yeah. put that where you don't see it and try to live off it another fit, yeah, yeah, yeah. the other 50 left over, um, which is, whew. I, <laughs> you imagine doing that? I, I like the finer things in life, Igor. You know, I, did, I told you about wine pairings in the last one, so that'd be hard. But um, yeah, so I think there's a lot, isn't there, around, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the start of this conversation is around mindset and approach yeah. that's set from an early age. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's just about having an awareness and recognizing that, you know, like, did, did your parents talk about it openly? Mm-hmm. You know, and if they didn't, why didn't they? And, yeah. you know, yeah, I don't know. Does that, are we, are we what was the, what was the other, what were the other points we got to um, talk about? The what other one was, kind of um, which, address? yeah, the other one was very much, which in some ways we've, we've, with the topic that we're on now in terms of how we've grown up and everything else, but scarcity versus abundance, really. The the whole idea that um, you may have um, in your mind, you have little and you just keep it, that's it, rather than there's so much out there mm. that we can get or that we can earn and not, not have that worldview of... Mm, we're here and yeah. this is our little territory. And, and even us <laughs> talking about this, it makes me feel a little bit like, is this the right thing to say? Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. is there a bit of like, like, I don't want people to think we are coming across as people that are just like money grabbers. We oh, want no, to go, no, definitely like, not. I'm never going to be, yeah. you know, Premier League football salary <laughs> levels. Yeah. But you know what? I think the point we're trying to make, and, and I hope it comes across by the end of the episode, is that, yeah. You know, there's there is a there is a lot of wealth out there, yeah. And maybe there's more that's accessible to us than we might have thought five mm-hmm. years ago, yeah. And if we can help a few people realise that actually, do you know what? To go out and earn forty, fifty k a year when you're self-employed, mm-hmm. is, you know, I'm not saying it's easy. It's yeah. not, but it's not it's not hard. It's not that hard. Yeah. It's not unattainable. Yeah. Um, Definitely isn't. And I think we're both in a similar boat at the moment in terms of our businesses, where we've both kind of had to say to each other, "Hold on a second, we've." Yeah, you know, we've done well. We've built decent businesses. They're doing yeah. okay. But is there more? Yeah, that's it. And I think I'm in a, I certainly felt like in the last few months, like I'm in a position where I've, I've put so much into my business and I'm working really hard at it that it isn't reflected in what I earn yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping that everything that I'm building yeah. means that 
in six months time or five years or however long it might yeah. be that actually that's going to start coming back around yeah um earlier than that i believe you I, I mean i hope so thanks mate thanks for the thanks for the confidence booster there but igor said it would be okay <laughs> when i'm sat there with the mortgage advisor <laughs> igor told me i get it <laughs> um yeah so just to just to go off to a, a, a couple of little points yeah I think we've talked before right, privately about, you know, I would still rather, I'd still rather, we don't need money to be happy. And that's yeah. just to be, that's a, that's a really clear thing. Yeah. We're not saying that, you know, we, we want to just earn 150, 200,000 pounds a year yeah. because we want to. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I would still, I'd rather only have 40, 50K a year and be in a really good, happy place. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with that point. <laughs> was that, I think, I, I think what you're trying I think to I say is that, that. You, you carry the baton. I think, and I, and I remember this point. Um, you'd rather do do that, have the fifty k, and have a nice, well balanced life, rather than some stories that you heard of someone perhaps earning one hundred and fifty to two hundred to whatever, and and just be miserable. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know those people. That was the point I was trying <laughs> yeah. to make. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that um, yet at the same time, to sort of like play the devil's advocate. Um, I want to go for that, like yeah. openly, openly. I want to go for that. Uh, I want to go for the 150. I want to go for the 200. And this is and, and this is what gets me excited. Um, thinking about it, yes, yes, we're photographers, but there's so much more that we can do within our businesses mm. in order to sort of like step into that sort of area, into yeah. that sort well, of we're, bracket. We're photographers in in the UK, and the UK is a you know it's a huge market, but it's mm. a drop in the ocean in comparison to. You know, the worldwide market yeah um and like we talked about in episode three we talked about surrounding yourself with the right people yeah. and talking you know i've got a, a, a friend that i talk to a lot who's in the industry who will regularly say to me but what's stopping you making 500 600 what's stopping you doing that yeah and more often than not my only answer is what's well, me that's my my mindset to yeah it. my, your, it's my your approach min- to it it's, it's, my, it's yeah. my it's me going oh god but that's i don't i'm not worth that yeah that's it but, and, that, and that's what I was trying to get to with that. Um, look back at your childhood and almost yeah. like a little therapist. Yeah. Look back at your childhood and think, what are the things that sort of like... Did you want me to lie back on the sofa? <laughs> yes, please. Put my feet up. <laughs> Put my feet on your... And now close your eyes, yeah. Sam, and take me back to your childhood. What are the things that... You... <laughs> I'll stop. But yeah, that's, that's what I meant. Um, what are the things that are sort of like stopping us from mm. having um, that sort of mindset of, no, actually, I can do that. I can't earn and I can earn well and provide way more opportunities for my family or whoever else really and yeah that gets me going that, yeah that, that's exciting gets me, it gets me out of yeah, bed absolutely yeah um maybe that's the answer to not having a punching pot as well it's you know being able to you know succeed over the next sort of 10-15 years mm-hmm. beyond what uh, just a, a normal salaried income would would provide you yeah um that's kind of what i'm hoping for because i don't really have much of a pension pot so yeah yeah but we'll see I'm the same to be we'll fair. We'll see where that goes. And yeah, it needs to improve in that sort of like mindset as well. And and yeah, and I think it's only been over the past probably three, four years really that I've sort of, not even that, I would say two, three, that I've sort of um, start thinking about, researching yeah. about it. And What's your take on the word sort of, like, I suppose this kind of ties into it, like manifesting mm. and manifesting money and saying, no, like... I, 
I'm going to leave that with you. I've got, yeah. I've got a response, but I'm going to leave <laughs> you too. Yeah, especially from a, um, this is personal, but especially coming from a sort of like someone that's um, uh, from a Christian perspective and someone that's um, Christian and really believes in God heart-heartedly, um, the whole idea of manifesting would, it's almost like taking God out of the equation and saying that, yes, me with my mind and willpower, I'll be able to get it. I'll be able to do it, which I believe in. I, I, I know that I know my skills yep. and I know what I'm capable of. And I know that if I set my mind to it, um, yeah, it probably will happen. But at the same time with manifesting, I think it's, <laughs> you, you correct me, but in my mind, I think I, I see it as almost like a Zen-like thing that if I really will it, or if I really think about it, it will happen. Is that, is that? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I'm on the fence with it. Yeah. There are times when I think it's a bit of a trigger marketing word. Yeah. That's just to get attention. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I'm not going to for a second sit here and go, if you manifest something, it's going to happen to yeah. you. Yeah. I don't buy that for yeah, a second, yeah. but I do, I do kind of get the point of what it's trying to do, which mm-hmm. is to make you realize that, I suppose it's kind of like a form of, I suppose it's like a meditation in a sense or, or having an awareness of something and just recognizing that mm-hmm. it is there. Yeah. And if you just focus on it for a bit and then you get down, like you still have to work hard. I don't yeah. believe anybody just gets anything by yeah. luck as such mm-hmm. unless you go and play the lottery. But if you're going to play the lottery, you've still got to play the lottery. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't buy into this idea that you can just think about it and it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I do, I, I, I think, you know, it's it's good to recognize it, but I think you still have to work hard and you have yeah. to have the foundations of something there to to be able to generate that income. Yeah, yeah, I think we um, uh, we agree on that really. Um, yeah, I don't think there's yeah going back to the whole Christian side of it because it's almost like removing God out of the equation and just sort of saying yeah we can do it all on our own if that makes sense. But yet with the flip side of that, I very much think that. Um, with our skills and with our knowledge and whatever we have, um, that would say a God given. Um, I very much think that we can go and get pretty much anything we set our minds to, really. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think I think I think it just it, for me it's it, the the big lesson of the last few months that, mm-hmm. you know, in the conversation we've had is just recognizing that there is a a much bigger market out there that we're yeah. able to tap into. Yeah. And it's about yeah. how do we start building our businesses to be able to yeah. generate those sales and that income. Yeah. And that's for me, that for me is how I would see manifesting. It's, yeah. It's me and you being able to say to each other, no, that world does exist out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's start building something towards yeah. getting it yeah. rather than just sitting on our asses and going, mm, mm. money will come to us. <laughs> it will. And I'm just waiting for it to come through the door, you know, like the Amazon delivery guy. It's not just going to bring us bags of cash, is it? Yeah. You know, we have to build our business to a stage where we can kind of allow ourselves to take that income. Yeah. Um, but to, to wind the clock back a little bit mm-hmm. um, and just something to kind of give people like what's your kind of what, what's, what's been your experience of the pricing journey? Like how, how is your mm. life as somebody who's been self-employed? How is your sort of journey with pricing yeah. for your services gone? What's it what's it kind of taking you on? I think it's been quite straightforward, really. Um, it's been gradual. Yep. It's been constantly gradual. So at least my first wedding was probably, what, £500? was literally that. And from that, I probably went to 750 and then 1200 and upwards and upwards and upwards. 
um, to the point that now I can use like an average wedding here in the UK would easily go at 6K or something like that. Yep. Whereas abroad more. And which if you rewind to me and you six years ago, yeah, that would blow your mind, right? Yeah, 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 totally, totally. And I, and I think as well, um, again, it's the importance of having those people that sort of like just spur you on and encourage you. It was probably what, I don't know, four or five years ago, um, we, were, we were talking and just like, yeah, you should just up it because um, the quality is there, um, but you should just up it. Um, you were worth more, I don't know if uh, we can go into it in terms yeah. of in terms of worth and what, what people should be charging whatever else but it was that encouragement basically to say it almost it was amazing to have someone from from within the industry giving you a sort of like permission yes you can do it yes you can okay so why why did in order for you to put your prices up then just throw you cover why did somebody having to give you permission i know that's what i mean yeah that's what i mean that's exactly what i mean um where's that it, come from it doesn't. It doesn't need. I think it's self like doubt. Yeah, yeah, um, very much, very much. Uncertainty. Um, perhaps not being sure of the value of your art itself, and and thinking it, it has been a sort of like it has been a gradual journey. Yeah, basically, and and today I, I, I'm I'm very proud of what I charge, and probably could charge more. Yep. But at the same time, um, it has been a gradual sort of like reflection of that, a gradual confidence yeah. of being able to, this is my, of being able to say, this is my price and this is what I charge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you, anybody gets to the level that you're at now price wise just by luck. You know, you've had to work incredibly hard. You've had to yeah. constantly push yourself, get your standards up and mm. produce consistently good work yeah that doesn't just happen overnight yeah you know it would be nice to say oh yeah i've just become a wedding photographer and i'm going to start charging <laughs> six grand a wedding it doesn't work like that yeah and i think any industry no matter what you are as a creative there's that slope that you have to go on to get yeah. to that level yeah um but at, at numerous points on that sort of incline lots of people stop yeah. And I think they stop because, well, I think for a few reasons. I think first is they're probably scared, mm-hmm. probably scared that work's just going to drop off the cliff and they're yeah. never going to get booked for anything. Yeah. Um, and I think the second one is a, a point we've already touched on already, is w- which is that they don't know that that incline can continue. Yeah. They think that's it. They yeah. think they've hit the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And the ceiling's a, a, a big one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I think going on that ceiling analogy... Uh, I think for me, what has been a massive ceiling has always been the, the VAT bracket, really. Yeah, that threshold. The, that threshold of what currently is, what, 85K? Yeah, yeah. I think it really strangles small businesses. Mm. It really stunts growth, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, constantly been dancing around that. And, and yeah, I think that it was literally this year and and i'm still sort of like <laughs> fearful about it in some yeah. ways but in my mind okay this is it i'm just gonna go for it yeah and well, it's a big chunk it's a, it's a big figure yeah 20 like percent uh for those of for those people not watching that aren't in the uk because yeah. we're, um, we're hoping that we'll have a bit of a, a u.s following as well at some point it's value-added tax and in the uk we get charged 20 percent of all turnover once we go through eighty-five thousand pounds or 86 is it 85 86, 85 there or thereabouts yeah and that means you've got to go through it by quite a quite considerable way. Yeah. And when you're selling your service, yeah, that means you've got to give a lot more time in order to be able to recover that 
you know, that 20%. Yeah, so you literally probably will have to get to 100, 110 or so in order to start seeing that money come back to you, really. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, and I'm still oh, still feel fearful, fearful about it, really. Um, but let's but see. But that's the point, though, is that, is that, is it a ceiling? Has, oh, I, yeah, 100%. I, I, certainly, I certainly feel like, uh, you know, I, I'm the same as you. I've always kind of just kept myself under that VAT threshold because mm-hmm. I never wanted to go and yeah. do... 25 thirty thousand pounds worth of work just to you know recover my losses yes. of that vat um but i'm starting to see the vat threshold as a as a you know can i take the lid off it yeah if i remove that barrier mm-hmm. well what's stopping me going to make yeah. four five hundred six hundred yeah like really what what is there yeah uh, i think th- again i mean that's a scary number <laughs> is it? it's mad yeah it just gets me going but again it's about <laughs> aiming high isn't it it's yeah. about going okay okay well what if i do I might not do five hundred thousand pounds, but if that means that I fall short and I fall short at two hundred, is it yeah. worth it? Well, yeah. yeah, absolutely, will be worth it. Yeah, that. and there will be lessons learned there, and next year you can do um, bigger and better things. Really, so yeah. yeah, yeah. What are the ceilings and and like? Let's come back from that that VAT limit. Okay. What are, What are the other sort of? Um, I suppose barriers to success financially that we think people might encounter i mean i talked about the first point being they get scared Mm -hmm. so they kind of start to put the prices up and they think that that's it no one's going to want their services again what would you say to those what would you say to those kind of people hmm people on spot really but again by usually they say that um the people that you surround yourself with um, the five next fr- closest friends to you yep. are, are probably the ones that very much reflect the way you live and how you live it and whatever else. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying go and change your friends and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and have have friends that have more money than you or whatever else. No, but the point is, I don't know what the point is. We talk about something, we talk I about just, something I just else. Waffled. I just we talk waffled about there. the pizza. You got I, just, <laughs> I just waffled there. Um, I don't know. I need to go back to my notes. <laughs> but this, but this is the whole. This like it's okay to have this conversation. Yes. Like, this is exactly why we're having it because it's a very difficult conversation. Yeah. And even as we're sat here talking about those things, I in my head, I keep saying to myself, God, what 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 might people think? Have I said the right thing? Do mm-hmm. I? I don't know should i say that are people yeah. gonna think i'm a bit i don't know um yeah i know what you mean it's just it's such a scary thing to talk about yeah but i'm kind of quite glad we're having the conversation and yeah and i hope that you know throughout all of these points that people are going to be able to take a few little things away that yeah might definitely go, do you know what just they might might just alter their their course they mm-hmm. might just think actually do you know what no i'm gonna i'm gonna put my prices up no yeah. i'm worth more than that yeah um or no, I'm going to start just saving a little bit, putting a little bit aside each month. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I like going back to the pricing journey. I often, um, you know, when I talk to men, mentor, uh, like mentor photographers, I, you know, in our industry, it's very common for people to say, when you put your price up to that point, are you, the pressure on you is greater. Okay. I yeah. don't know if I can handle that pressure. Yeah. Or they say, when you're dealing with people that have got money, mm-hmm. are they, and quote unquote, yeah. stuck up pretentious snobs, <laughs> right? So in, in, in reference to both, well, in response to both of those points, the first yeah. one, 
Like I don't, I don't feel any more pressure going to those those clients. Do you? Um, no, and and most of the times I find that they're just people down to earth. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. so in response to the second point. That yeah, is, like I I haven't bought that idea for well once I don't think. Yeah, for me, the most difficult clients I encountered in the business were always the ones at the very beginning, at the lowest price points that yeah. wanted discount they then. want the deal they want the moon on a stick and yeah. they want it as rolled much, in glitter as so much as want. possible yeah as much as they can get from you because they want the deal basically i mean just yeah. if any of my early clients are listening <laughs> I, I had some i had some great i'm just talking about the the odd exception here right but they Sounds, weren't i had more difficulty with some clients at that price point than i do at higher price points yeah your 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 dms your dms yeah, are just gonna roll in yeah um but I, do, but I do, like the, the clients that, are, that we deal with now that we encounter for me are so invested and they are so appreciative of mm. what we do as creatives and yeah. artists that they just like, they trust you to do the job. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that's one of the things that pricing has, that I've seen, I've seen over the years as well by um, raising my prices gradually is that... Um, it gets to a point where um, your pricing or whatever you're charging for almost like becomes a filter for yeah. for the people that really, really want yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they will move heaven and earth. Um, for, what, for, for some clients, it might seem expensive. To others, it might not. But um, for those that perhaps would see it as, oh, this is an investment, yeah. um, they will really work hard at getting you and making sure that you're well treated and whatever else simply because um they see you as an investment they see yeah, yeah. you as something yeah, they, they get it um as uh, I'm, I'm buying something that's of value here and they see the value um and that's been great that's been great to see yeah. really um it really changes um the relationship that i've had with with clients and it gives you it gives you not a sense of pride but it gives you a sense of um Oh, I, I I loved I loved doing that wedding because, or I loved doing that that job because um, I was valued. Yeah. I was seen as valued, not just simply um, the work that I bring, but me myself. Yeah, I was yeah. seen as valued. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think um, going just on the when you increase your prices, I often mm-hmm. I I can still remember putting my prices up in those early days, thinking so they they're not that couple that I had a great. I loved their wedding. It was great. We had a, it was a brilliant day. They couldn't afford me now. Mm. And that, I remember sitting mm. on that for a little while thinking, I'm not going to put my prices up because of that. Yeah. Because I want those people to be able to afford me. Mm-hmm. But by putting my prices up and, and going through that journey, you start to realize that you still get to go to really good weddings and, yeah. get, and, and get great jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, there are just different levels of affordability yeah. across the board. And yeah, unfortunately, there are some people that wouldn't be able to afford you. Yeah, but, but again, it just goes back to that value thing as well because I've had clients even today, I've had clients um, that perhaps are not sort of like what you would consider earning like, I don't know, 200K a, a year or whatever. So basically not rich clients, yep. but really, really invest into into me, into what I bring to their wedding day simply because they see the value in it. Yeah. And, and I think that's that's the importance and that's something to be highlighted really that people um, sometimes don't see um, as, a, as a flip coin of 
why or a good positive thing of why you should increase your prices yeah yeah do you think price reflects quality mm, most of the time yes but yes there, there there will be times where it really really doesn't yeah um it's sometimes um it's it's very easy to, sometimes to see that and um, you could have um a designer over there and, uh, designer a and designer b um, designer A charges 10k for for whatever, and and basically his work is not as good as designer B. Yeah. But his ability to sell his work yeah. is so just selling things huge, isn't it? It's just there right yeah. at the top. So he's being he's able to even though his his work is not as valuable or it's not as great a quality as designer B. Designer A is just simply by the fact that he's able to put 10x value from designer B um, into his own work. Yep. Just means that he's able to really bring um, a lot more. And that's something to kind of like admire and kind of like yeah, say yeah. kudos to you because you've got your business hat on and you're able to literally charge so much more than yeah, designer b absolutely yeah. i think um i mean that, that kind of comes down to having a confidence as well doesn't it yeah be able to sell yourself and say you know do you know what this is this is what i charge this is what i'm this is my worth and my yeah. value um uh, the reason i asked that question is uh, is actually be uh, i wonder you know one thing I, I often talk about with photographers is the where this idea of um like why they can't charge more comes from Mm -hmm. and I'll often kind of give them a bit of a curveball of saying, well, okay, you, 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 you always get people come to you that say, we can't afford you. Mm -hmm. Like you're out of our budget. Yep. Can you do any discount? Mm -hmm. And that instantly starts to make you feel like you charge too much, mm -hmm. but it, it's not, that's just on them. That's, that's their issue, not, not yours. Yeah. But if somebody comes to your site and goes, they're not charging enough. They're too cheap. <laughs> Do those people ever say to you, does anybody ever say to anybody, you're too cheap? As a, from a, a, a consumer to a business. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do, does that make sense? If I yeah, it does. Oh, no, it yeah. does. It does. <laughs> like, it, has, it has only happened to me once, but okay. it has happened. Okay, that's quite, yeah, I can't, I'm, I'm amazed that, I'm amazed that's happened. Yeah. I, um, I, I find it incredible that somebody would go, you're, by the way, we love your work, but you're too cheap. Yeah, yeah. But if people told you that you were too cheap, what would you do? No, uh, especially no, today. If, no, so in the same way that people constantly, yeah, do you yeah. see where I'm going I with get, this? Yeah, I get in the you. same way that people would say, would say to you, you're too much, you're too much, you're too much, you're yeah. too much. If somebody told you you're too much all the time, mm -hmm. you would be made to feel like you've got to drop your, you prices. Got to drop your prices. But if yeah. people kept coming to you saying, you're too cheap, you're too cheap, you're too cheap, what mm -hmm. would you do? Yeah. I think you'd put your prices up. You'd put up, your prices you? up, yeah. Yeah, but no That's one it. ever says that. Yeah. No one ever says you're too cheap because... They either book you because they're like, I've got a deal here. Yeah. Or they go, That's too why is that too cheap? Yeah. And I think they link I think that, I think a lot of people, not not everybody, but I think I think there are a lot of people that do, they link they assign the cost or the, the expense of something to With quality. Experience. Yeah. To quality. Yeah. To um a person individual's ability to be able to deliver yeah. you know, trust. We've yeah. talked about that countless yeah. times, how huge that is. All of those things play into price. So when a price doesn't ref doesn't match what their expectations are, it's when you get that misalignment, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
So good. Yeah, I don't know. Well I said. kind of just went off on one there. No, no, no. It's really good. I don't know if really it was good. any good or not. No, for it's you, but really, really you can, good. You can have that one. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so for anyone listening, when do you think, and if they should, yeah, that could be a whole other conversation. When do you think that people should start increasing their prices? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to know. I mean, obviously, we're talking about it from our industry is a bit yeah. unique in the sense yes. of we book clients a year and a half, two years out from their date, don't we? Mm-hmm. So it's very, un- it's very unlike a lot of other industries. Um, I think first and foremost, you've, you've got to focus on your craft. Yeah. That, that, that has, you don't just, like we said at the beginning, you don't just get to charge £6,000 a wedding without absolutely working on your craft yeah. relentlessly for the period of time that you have worked on it for. Yeah. Um, you have to have that foundation in place to be able to charge that money. Yeah. Um, but I think in terms of when you put your prices up, it's when you're, you know, when you, your inquiries outstrip your demand. Yeah. Oh, sorry, your, your demand outstrips your availability. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't need to shoot 60 weddings a year, do you? Yeah, you don't definitely want not. So, <laughs> definitely not. You know, but you get enough traffic and enough inquiries to go, oh, do you know what, I don't need that much work. Yeah. Um, I think having an awareness of where you are in the, 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 the calendar year as well is a big mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. You know, I think if you're going into, you know, and we're talking about this point now purely from a wedding photography point of yes. view. So although we didn't want it to be a wedding photography podcast, but we can only talk about it from our from experience. Our you know, if you're going into your calendar year of weddings and you're fully booked, mm-hmm. like for me, that, that means you've, you've not charged enough yeah. soon enough. Yeah. But if you're going into your year and you've only got five bookings in, you've gone, it's the other way. You've, you've not worked enough on your craft mm-hmm. and your marketing and your business. Yeah in order to make those sales. Yeah. So there's a real fine balance, isn't there? Yeah. Like between getting the work and making sure that you get the right work at the yeah. right time. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, in, in, some, in some ways, yes, it what does. Else would you, and it, what, what would you add to that? I would say that, um, especially, again, within our industry, um, I th- I've, I've used it as a, a good rule of thumb, really, that if I get to probably... 70% of the capacity that um, I wanted for the year yep. around there, um, I would up my prices really because um, the demand is there. Yeah. Um, and it, I guess it goes to what to what you were saying really. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we've got we've got friends and peers that I, I know will, you know, book 10 weddings and they'll go, oh, I'm going to charge another 200 pounds. Yeah. Um, and like you say, if you get 70%, you put your prices up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've kind of, I've done a few different price increase strategies, really. Yeah. Um, the one that really stood out was the the day when I kind of, I think I got to the 70% for the next year by, I think, the October, November time. Okay. And that was the only time that I went, do you know what? I'm going to put them up by a thousand pounds. And I went from, I went from two and a half to three and a half. Yeah. Because I knew that I was fine for the following year. Yeah. I got enough work in. And do you know what I noticed? Do you know what happened? You got booked more. Nothing happened. <laughs> Nothing changed. People still booked me. Yeah. Yeah. People still booked me. Yeah. It's that. It's that fear, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, it's that fear. And I think that, that that was that holds so many people back. Yeah. That was the conversation that I needed to have with you, like four years ago, or, so, or whenever it, it happened. Really, that sort of like took the fear away a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you know what I mean, and. Yeah, it's important to hear stuff like that because, again, 
<laughs> it goes back to the whole permission thing, but it just, it, it makes you feel like, oh, if he's done it, I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> it gives you permission in some yeah, ways, absolutely. if you know what I mean. And, and it's great to see, um, this is why I, th I, I love our industry in, in a sense, really, because um, it's an industry where you are able to be creative, have your own voice. Yeah. And, and if you want, if you have the confidence and if you believe in the art that you bring and the value, if you, if you see the value in it, you are able to literally charge whatever you want in some ways. Yeah. And that's, that's literally a dream job. Yeah. Well, I showed I showed you a, a an artist that's based on the site here, early, yeah, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Um, a guy who's been and done my sign for my door, you know, and he showed me his Instagram following of one hundred and seventy five thousand people, and that he charges thirty thousand pounds for a painting, Which is and it just it blew my mind when it. I mean, his work's beautiful and stunning, and yeah. but, but I would never have expected that. Yeah, you know. Um, would you ever think of charging that sort of amount no, of money? No, no. I mean, it, but again, it comes down to. Or, or does it? I mean, this is a kind of question. Does it come down to recognizing that that market is out there yeah. at the start? Like you've, you know, because like again, and I go, well, let's go back to like childhood. You know, we, I talked about it in episode one. My my dad worked for the council. My mum worked for the NHS. We were mm -hmm. never surrounded with yeah wealth. Yeah, you know, I didn't have friends or family friends or anybody that had got you know increasing wealth. Just yeah. increasing wealth. I didn't know any of those people. Yeah. So to then go into a career and a creative industry and to to not recognize that that world exists or to not be aware of it yeah i, I think it's taken that's probably taken me 10 15 years yeah. to kind of recognize and and that's that's what i sort of like meant with what what sort of when you ask what sort of advice would you give to your to your girls or, or whatever in terms of like if in terms of about money and it's it's that's what my point sort of like was trying to get to give them the awareness that there's so much more out there yeah uh, so many different ways of them to earn a living really you don't it doesn't need to be the traditional way of doing a nine-to-five job or whatever yeah. else and um, there's so many different ways yeah, which is really what school trains you for doesn't it yeah you know here we go again. Yeah, well, I've got the big one. Can you tell it's a sore point? I've got, hold on, let me just take this chip off my shoulder. Hold on. Oh. But at the same time, um, yeah, um, as I was saying, I consider ourselves having like a, a dream job. At the same time, um, over the probably last couple of years, with us realizing that um, there's so many different ways of expanding our business and everything else. I want to start shooting less weddings so that I can actually have more time to do stuff like this. Yeah, absolutely. And and increasing your prices, increasing my prices um, will help that. Well, will help sort of like um, create that space or or yeah. allow the time to and, and money oh. to. And as well, I think we talked about this in a previous episode. I can't remember which one, but we talked about you know. When you charge more, you can give and you shoot less. You give more to your clients. Yeah. Your work becomes better because you go to those jobs and those gigs mm -hmm. f with more energy and more drive yeah. to a, to get better results. Yeah. And it just builds and grows, doesn't yeah. it, over time? You know. Yeah. Whereas the other way, if you just go to every job and you're tired and drained because you've been doing you yeah. know, more than you're physically capable of doing... Yeah you're going to a, a job and providing a poor experience, yeah. really. Yeah, that's you know. it. Um, so, so yeah. 
And and I, you know, we have a, a mutual friend in uh, Andy Gaines who, and I still remember having a discussion with him about pride, this similar sort of topic. And and Andy, I would say he would just go, if you want to put your prices up, you've just got to put your prices up. <laughs> like that's it. you know, because in our industry, people always go, well, how do you put your prices up? And his response was, just put your prices up. Yeah, you do just have yeah. to take that that leap, of, that little leap, don't yeah. you? Um, and it, it's that fear as well. Yeah, that's the thing. It's that fear of, ugh, what if people don't knock on my door? Okay, if people don't knock at your door, just scale it back. Yeah. If you, if you, if you feel like, okay, because of my price... I think the key is to get people knocking your door first, isn't it? Yes, yes, that's it. No, this is it. You, we're not saying people just put the price up. Yeah. And like, away you go, you're going to be fine. You've, yeah. got to, you've got to have a business that's built yeah. to do that in the first place. Yeah. You know, you have to work on those foundations and make sure that... Yeah. Every element, your marketing channels, you know, your website, your branding yeah. is all on point and it's all geared towards more yeah. inquiries. Yeah. Because more inquiries means that your demand's there. Yeah. You know, and you can afford to put, yeah. your, price, put your prices up. That's it. Not everyone's going to book you. Yeah, true. But you don't need as many people to book you when you're charging more. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Anything else you want to cover on mindset, pricing, money? Hmm. No, Do you invest? <laughs> um i do not invest and i want to invest yeah i think we're um, both i think we're both in that boat aren't we, yeah yeah um the more i grow up the more i pay more attention to what i earn and how i earn my money um i want to be able to sort of like be able to invest yeah be able to um just be a lot more knowledgeable in in that yeah. sort of financial area really so yeah i think it's, it's just about getting your money to work for you a bit more isn't yes. it that, that's how I, I feel like i want i want my money to be able to just work a bit harder in the background for me mm-hmm. um and just to build things that will you know over the next decade or two decades just grow a little bit yeah um whether that's in you know property or investments or whatever it might be yeah just to start having an awareness of it and to be able to start doing that i think mm-hmm. would be yeah would be big Awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> you inhaled, so I thought you were about I to say know. something. We're still very new in this game now, aren't yes. we? This is episode four. We've only, you know, we've done a couple of days here, but we've covered a lot of stuff there. Yes. You know, um, I, and I hope I hope people can take a few ideas away from that discussion. Yeah. Um, it's still a difficult, it's, yeah, it's a, it is a difficult subject to cover. Yeah. And we've gone, yes, we've got, a f- we've, we've had sort of like a few few points really. Um, like noted for for the episode but at the same time um, I think we've I think the big thing that has come out from it really is um, your mindset really really affects the way that you think about money yeah um, the way you think about wealth and that as well uh, very much affects the fear that sometimes people have about wanting more money yeah um, it limits you it, limit, it can limit your potential yeah i think that that that's one of the keys for me isn't it mm-hmm. it's like the you know just open your eyes a little bit and yeah. see what's out there in the world and yeah and all that as well to say that um it's very easy we we could say why are you so why are you guys focusing so much on money are you not happy with what you have and <laughs> we, jo- we joked about it <laughs> at the beginning so Eagle how much what, what did you say yeah. how much money have you got <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, I said, I said. and I said something on the lines of enough but 
um and yeah and I, and I do feel like that but at the same time it's it's the whole idea that you literally just said knowing that there's so much more out there to earn and gain and achieve yeah and i think as quite driven people yeah wanting to push things forward we we want to gun for things really we want to see things grow we want to see things increase we want to yeah just push our potential really absolutely so so yeah it's there's there's not um for anyone thinking that um i'm quite happy uh, they're quite happy with where they're at and how much they're earning that's amazing yeah absolutely that's 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 okay yeah and and, and kudos to you because you are at a point where you feel content and and happy and life is great do you know what i mean but at the same time, um, for us here, uh, it's a totally yeah, different. I think we just. I think for me, I'm, I'm excited. It's about an it's a, it, I find it intriguing hmm. that the potential is there for, for us to, yeah. to go and do that. Yeah. I I I don't know if I believe in myself yet enough that I can go and do that. Oh, you can. <laughs> you say that, but yeah. I don't. I don't. I, gen, I, I genuinely don't believe. Or I don't have that level of self-confidence to go, mm-hmm. yeah, do you know what? Yeah, we can go and this podcast is going to make us £800,000. <laughs> Millions! <laughs> it's not, I just don't see that. You know, we listen to other podcasts yeah. and, you know, they can openly talk about how much they make in advertising. Yeah. And for me, that's just like, what, how, wow. Uh, how, I, I, I don't see that. I don't recognise that. But I'm trying to constantly remind myself that, no, come on it is there yeah let's just keep keep working towards it yeah and like you said you said exactly the same thing i was going to kind of touch on we're not sat here saying we want that because we're not you know we're unhappy Mm -hmm. it's not about that like we just we want to push ourselves and to see where it goes and to fulfill our potential and that's it you know go on that journey yeah and that's why we're here so i think on that kind of point or those points. There's many points we've just had. It was a good episode. I enjoyed yeah, it. Well, I, yeah. I enjoyed it anyway. Yeah. Um, I Me hope too. these guys enjoyed it. Yeah. They're going to let us know. So they're f- all going to share it on Instagram, aren't they? Eagle? Yeah, that's it. So fam. So thank you very much. Go out there. Go fulfill your potential. Yeah. And, and uh, t- just take the lid off. Yeah. Take that lid off. Yeah. You can do it. Right. <laughs> How do we wrap these episodes up? Uh. Do we need like a... <laughs> no. Let's just... Another episode bites the dust. Thank you so much for tuning in in order to help this podcast grow and to keep bringing value and ideas in your ears. So if you could please like, share and subscribe, that would be amazing. Especially leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. All those little things, it will help us grow this brand and community and feed our kids. (laughs) And in turn, allow us to bring more guests and ideas to your weekly hits of Another Idea. See you next Monday. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.